Hey guys, you're listening to Terrifying Travels, the podcast where two friends discuss a true crime and a paranormal story in a new city every week, except for this week. We still have two days left of Christmas. Woo! And on the second day of Christmas, I am bringing you two stories. Oh! Yeah, excited. So I am still on that ChatGPT thing. Okay. And this time I thought, let's test ChatGPT and see what it can do. Ooh, okay. So I'm not telling you what I'm doing, okay? Okay. Because I think this could either be an absolute shit show or it could be funny. <laughs> okay. I would like to see how long it takes for you to realize what I'm doing. Oh, goodness. Okay. 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 So are you ready? Should we just, I always feel bad because we start on your episode. So I chat and catch up with you the first 20 minutes of your episode. And then by the time we get to my episode, it's like, well, we've already talked. So we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything to say, Maddie? Um, no, not really. I don't think so. <laughs> first podcasters in like history to actually jump into it. Oh, maybe. Okay, look at us breaking it. Look barriers or breaking new ground. <laughs> okay. So today I am taking you to the late 20th century when a man named Scott found himself entangled in a perplexing in a series of perplexing events that would forever alter the course of his life. It all began on a faithful Chris fateful Christmas Eve when he and his son Charlie heard a disturbance on their roof. Investigating the noise, they encountered a person in a red suit who, due to a peculiar accident, fell from the roof and vanished into thin air, leaving behind only a curious array of belongings. Intrigued and somewhat bewildered by this bizarre occurrence, Scott and Charlie discovered a curious set of instructions, which, upon closer inspection, turned out to be a legal document. Unbeknownst to Scott, reading aloud the curious contents of this document inadvertently triggered a complex chain of events. This unforeseen contractual agreement initiated an unforeseeable, we've used the word unforeseeable too many times, (laughs) an inexplicable transformation within Scott, compelling him to assume a new identity. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this the plot to the Santa Claus with Tim <laughs> Allen? <laughs> Wait a darn minute. I asked ChatGPT to tell me the story, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, as if it was a true crime story. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was really hoping they'd do a better job. Like, I told them. Or I told it. It's not a real person. <laughs> I told the robotic entity entity that is going to take over the earth one day. I told her, I'm going to tell this to a friend. So hide the um, the truth and let's pass it off as if it was a real true crime story. And this is how it went. But it's also kind of hard to like, he's about to grow a beard and a stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, shall I continue? Yes, go on ahead. As days passed, Scott underwent an astonishing physical metamorphosis, experiencing inexplicable, and I'm done with the word inexplicable, too, (laughs) changing that confounded medical explanation. His appearance, demeanor, and even his psychological makeup underwent a remarkable alteration, all seemingly connected to that enigmatic contract. Confronted with disbelief and skepticism from those around him, Scott, yes, Morgan, come on in. You're just going to yell at me from the hallway? 
Cool. <laughs> I love being yelled at by a cat. <laughs> okay, Scott found himself embroiled in a perplexing situation that bordered on the inexplicable again. <laughs> His journey into the into this unknown territory led to encounters with unexplainable phenomena and the gradual revelation of the of a clandestine world hidden from the general populace. Despite the unravel and mystery behind his baffling transformation, Scott delved deeper into his new reality, discovering an underground network operating. I like the, the idea of calling the North Pole, hey babe, an underground network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got um, Christmas antler ears kind of on the top of my computer and Morgan is about to destroy them. So if, if I just black out, it's because Morgan ripped the world apart. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he's very excited for these things. Okay. <laughs> Discovering an underground network operating on an arcane set of rules and traditions. Along the way, he encountered beings who purportedly existed solely in folklore, yet appeared tangibly real in his newfound experience existence. In fact, this is me. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. That's what Judy the Elf said. I've seen that movie so many times. <laughs> As Scott navigated the complexities of this peculiar situation, he found himself self-facing unprecedented challenges, not just in comprehending his altered state, but also in managing the ramifications of assuming an identity intertwined with a legacy that transcended time and convention. The tale of Scott Calvin's inexplicable transformation and subsequent journey into the unknown is a baffling narrative that raises questions about the boundaries of reality and the enigmatic nature of identity. To this day, the inexplicable events that transpired during the fateful Christmas Eve continue to, to defy logical explanation, leaving those who witnessed them grappling with the inexplicable again and the unexplained. And done. <laughs> that was actually really good. Good, good. That that was really good. I didn't know what was going on. I thought I thought the prompt would be like someone killed Santa Claus a murder mystery <laughs> or something like that. And then it said Scott. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, that's why I tried not to. They said Scott Calvin, and I was like, no, if I put in Scott Calvin, that would be a little too easy. Yep. I was debating between going between Mr. Calvin, but I figured then you'd be like, well, what's his first name? Or just go with Scott, and maybe you wouldn't pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I picked up on it. I have a hot take about the Santa Claus movies. Okay, just so you know, I worship those movies. (laughs) So don't make me cry. I think the best one is the third one with Jack Frost. You hit me with a shovel! Exactly. I, I think that one's the best one. I think it's the most fun. I think they really established like Tim Allen as Santa Claus and then Jack Frost just comes in and it's like, ah, like the Joker kind of. Yeah. I really enjoy it. <laughs> that one's good. I honestly loved all three. Mm-hmm. I think the first one's starting to wear off on me only because I've seen it so many times, like probably every year. Mm-hmm. It's still such a good movie, but the other two I don't always make it to. Yep. But I really enjoy when the tiny... um. When the when the tin soldiers take over and stuff like that, that's a good movie too. Yep. yep. I just, however, I do find the second one just so illogical. Yeah. Get a wife. Yep. Or else Christmas is over. Yeah. 
And the fact that this woman just left her high paying, well, not high paying, but her her job. It's a total Hallmark movie. It's a Hallmark movie. It's a total Hallmark movie. All because, and I I would have had a lot of questions. Like, she was a little bit bad when he pulled out the baby doll. I would have been, no, no, you're going to sit down and explain to me what is happening. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I also, my favorite character in those movies is the sassy elf with, like, the cur- the curly hair. Is that Bernard? I think so. He's, like, taller. I, yep, He's like, yep, yep. I was, he was gone for the third movie because he got too tall. He grew oh, up. Oh, no, but he was the great. Oh, I loved Bernard. I had a tiny crush on Bernard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you've got to watch the Santa Clauses, the TV show. I know. Because we I'll... actually get to see what happened to Bernard. Really? Yeah, he fell in love and went to go become a human. Oh, I know. Nice. Um, no, I, I really liked, and that's why I thought I'd bring it up, because I, I, well, I did it, because I brought it up so many times while talking about Lebafana. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now, since you've probably figured it out, I could just assume I'm going to tell you now the plot of my other favorite Christmas movie. Oh. Also a Tim Allen movie because he's the king of Christmas. <laughs> okay. And actually this book was written by, the movie is a, based on a book that was written by John Grisham, who is usually a crime writer. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I will now tell you about, the book is called Skipping Christmas, with the, but the movie is Christmas with the Cranks, and I always mix the two oh. up. You know it? Christmas with the Cranks. I don't know the book, but I've heard of Christmas with the Cranks. I've never seen it. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Honestly, my Christmas film knowledge is, like, very limited. I grew up with, like, all the animated stuff. So, like, the animated Rudolph, the original animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I do love the old, the live action one. But, like, after Elf, everything, like, after Elf. And, like, any any rom-coms, I just don't know. Yeah, well, it's like it's like I said in your episode, it's the season that we get to go back to being child. So why would I watch a new movie when I could just watch the movies that make me happy? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Other than a Hall. But like, I feel like you could put Hallmark on and just kind of ignore it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. My grandma does that. So I associate it with just like, oh, do we have to watch the same movie with the same plot for the fifth time? My mom and I had one on. This might have been last year. We had one on. We went to go do something. We were gone for about half an hour or something. No, we would have been more than that, about an hour or so. We came back and we were stunned because the movie's still on. It was kind of in the same spot. No, we were in the second movie, just <laughs> in the same spot of a whole other movie, and it just fit perfectly. Oh, my God. And they're all blonde women or even brunette women, but they all look basically the same. Yep. Yeah. I remember saying that to a girl, like, no, you guys all look the same. Well, no, she has brunette hair, I have blonde hair. And it's like, yes, and you guys have all spent plenty of time curling at the exact same. You're both in a beige peacoat, and you both got, both got beige boots and light um, blue jeans on. Yep. Like, yep. you're dressed the same, and your makeup is the same. Like, you look the same, even if you don't look the same. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so... Here is the true crime version of Christmas the Cranks. All right. And I see, maybe I could convince you to go watch it. And maybe. then you're going to come out with me. And, and the whole the whole movie is, to be honest, the whole movie is one of those movies where the whole movie wouldn't have happened if they had just spoken to someone and told them what they were doing. Mm. Yep. Like, this all could have avoided if they had just told their daughter, no, we're skipping Christmas this year. Oh, I love the miscommunication trope. <laughs> Except for the promise, it's just too stupid. Yep. 
Um, it's still a great movie, but it's just come on, guys. You could have gotten so much done if you had just said this, this, and this. But okay. Yep. What is Morgan doing? I don't even know. Okay, he's now in here with me. He's standing on my record player. I don't know what he's doing. So just so you know, we are probably going to get another interruption from him in a bit. Nice. In a seemingly tranquil suburban neighborhood, the Cranks, a middle-aged couple named Luther and Nora, decided to embark on an unconventional venture during the holiday season. Opting for a Duras... Dur- I can never get that word out. Durastic? Dur- it's not drastic. But I feel like that one is the word for dinosaurs. Mm. But yes, how about a extreme departure from their traditional Christmas celebrations? The Cranks made a daring decision to forego the customary festivities and instead planned an unexpected getaway. Their abrupt departure from the well-established norms of their community stirred whispers and speculation among their neighbors, who were accustomed to the Cranks' lavish Christmas displays and active participation in the local holiday events their neighbors are also batshit crazy like i'm just gonna <laughs> say that like, i was chanting in the streets they wouldn't put out their frosty the snowman what oh yeah i know like the whole neighborhood was chanting there were children involved the police kind of came by it was crazy what all because they wouldn't decorate <laughs> As the Cranks executed their unorthodox plan with precision, tensions in the neighborhood began to simmer. The absence of the Cranks' familiar decorations and absence from the community's cherished holiday rituals created a palpable unease among their neighbors. Gossip and conjecture swirled, questioning the motives behind the Cranks' sudden departure from traditions. However, what began as a seemingly innocuous decision took a dark and unexpected turn. A series of peculiar events ensued, coinciding with the Cranks' unorthodox holiday plans. Mysterious disturbances and puzzling disappearances of cherished holiday decorations from neighbors' houses perplexed the community, fueling suspicion and paranoia. This is actually well done. <laughs> once idyllic neighborhood the, sorry the once idyllic neighborhood at, atmosphere devolved into a climate of distrust and uncertainty mm-hmm. accusations and finger pointing became commonplace as each resident eyed their neighbor with suspicion wondering who was responsible for the inexplicable disruptions to their usual christmas routine do do you know the case of the watcher of course I know The Watcher. Okay, th- this is reading very much like The Watcher. Like, have who is putting it? these notes in my mailbox? Like, Have you th- seen the Netflix show? I think I have. Maybe. They kind of go off the rails with it and make it yeah. far more interesting than it actually was. But I do yeah. still find The Watcher really interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's just like, it, this is reading very much like that. I'm enjoying it because once you watch it, you're now going to have higher expectations. And what is actually done is still great, but it's so different than what they're making it sound like. <laughs> okay. Like, it's, it's somehow correct and wrong at the same time. I'm loving it. <laughs> nice. As the situation... As, you know what? Maybe you'll have to live stream when you actually watch it. <laughs> yes. As the situation escalated and tensions reached a fever pitch, the truth behind the bizarre occurrences gradually came to light. Unraveling a web of deceit and clandestine activities, the com- the community uncovered a... Oh, go. Jamie just got home and you want to go attack him. 
<laughs> watch him from the doorway. That's fine, too. Okay, we're recording. Please don't sound like an idiot. Well, you know what? You're lucky as me because you didn't lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Jamie. <laughs> Madison sa- or Maddie says hi. But, well, you know what? Then nobody came into the house except for you, and Morgan's here to protect me. But I'm sure if someone was actually trying to kill me, Morgan would probably not be scared. Do you want to test it? No, I don't want to test it. <laughs> no, we do not need a true crime murder podcast. <laughs> so, Sabrina, when you said your brother wasn't insane. <laughs> Apparently, I forgot to lock the door. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm usually very good at that now, but... Yeah. Yeah. It, it is quite, quite frightening when you think about the fact that I had a shower and everything with the door unlocked, but okay. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. <laughs> no, I... I keep the door locked all day because I, I'm just, like, here alone all day, so I keep it locked all day. It's still in the back of my mind. I'm like, did I lock the door? Did I lock the door? <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing is there's two. There's a deadbolt and the um, door handle lock, and I only bother with the deadbolt. Mm-hmm. Really? And so Jamie teases, teases me that regular ghosts can't get through. If I lock just the deadbolt, but locksmith ghosts, they can get through if I only lock them. Door. <laughs> I have to lock both for the locksmith ghosts yeah, to stay out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Although we call them jumbies, which you know what? We can cover one day if we ever do Caribbean paranormal yes. stuff. Okay, so anyway, as the situation escalated and tensions reached a fever pitch, the truth behind the bizarre occurrences gradually came to light. Unraveling a web of deceit and clandestine activities, the community uncovered a clan- another clandestine scheme that shook the foundations of their holy spirit. Their holiday, holiday spirit. I'm like, that's a little religious. <laughs> the their holiday spirit. spirit. The cranks, tangled in this whirlwind of suspicion, found themselves at the center of a baffling mystery. Their unconventional decision to eschew traditional festivities inadvertently unraveled a series of clandestine, we're getting a little repetitive, events that had gripped their community, threatening the very essence of their holiday cheer. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The revelation of the truth behind the peculiar incidents shed light on a conspiracy that had ensnared the neighborhood in a web of deceit and misdirection, leaving the community reeling from this shocking turn of events and questioning the trust they once held dear. The tale of the Cranks' unconventional holiday plans and the ensuing chaos that erupted in their neighborhood remains a perplexing mystery, serving as a caution reminder of the unforeseen consequences that can arise from challenging the norms of tradition. Hmm. That was so off the rails. <laughs> so, so if I can summarize, basically there's this family, the Cranks, and they always decorate. And then one year they decide not to decorate. And yeah. then their neighbors are like, well, we're going to decorate. And then the cranks are like, oh, we're just going to steal all your decorations and decorate with your decorations. Except that's what it, it really does sound like that, except for that's not what happened. What? <laughs> so if I could summarize what actually happens and like, to be honest, I completely understand. I just wish they had they could have done it better. So their daughter joins the Peace Corps. And so mm-hmm. she's going to be spending Christmas in another country. So they decide the best thing to do is, you know what? We've spent like 
Tim Allen, Santa Claus, did the calculations. They spent like $5,000 on Christmas every year. Mm. They could spend that money on a cruise and not be depressed that their daughter's not with them. Mm. And it's like, that to me makes complete sense. Yeah. However, they decide to, or I shouldn't even say that, Nora's not the biggest fan of the way Luther does it. Luther cuts out everything. Uh, we will not be decorating. We will not be making donations. We will not be listening to carolers. Like, all of it is gone. Oh. Which, like, I feel like, although I think the neighbors were also a bit crazy. If parents come out and say, hey, our only child isn't going to be here for Christmas. We don't want to participate in Christmas this year. Most neighbors would have said, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. But they never really said it either. Yeah. Um, and then, so they go through the whole thing of getting ready to get, go go for, go on the cruise. So there's the escapade, escapades of getting ready to go on a cruise. And then there's also them trying not to have Christmas, which is quite entertaining. And then their daughter decides to call on the way home with her new boyfriend. Oh. Yeah, which I think is also n- no. Yeah. As someone who has lived in another country than my parents twice, actually, if I had been on my way there without telling them I was on my way there, they'd be a little bit like, Sabrina, you gotta be joking. Like, you gotta give us a heads yeah. up. But yeah. if I was like, and by the way, I'm bringing my boyfriend home. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they have to, and rather than telling her, well, sweetheart, we didn't plan on having Christmas, so we will have a Christmas for you, but it's definitely not going to be the Christmas you were prepared for. They just said, yeah, totally. We're going to give him the best Christmas ever. And so that is when they start stealing other people's Christmas ornaments. Oh. It's because he went over across the road and he was like, hey, you guys are going to your in-law's house. Can I steal your, your tree? Is that oh. a tree? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh like, it's my favorite movie, but a lot of it is just, okay, but if you had just, we wouldn't even have a movie if you guys had just communicated. Yeah, if you had just communicated, which I'm sure your daughter would have understand as well. Yeah, like, unless she's extremely, although then again, if she's stupid enough to bring her boyfriend home without telling her parents. Yeah. And maybe, but, yeah. Yeah. And then Santa mm. Claus was definitely there, too. Right. Totally. No, no, I mean, like, there, there is a character, there's a, in a lot of Christmas movies, there's always that one weird old guy who nobody knows how he got there, and then he turns out to disappear or something like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is also a robber that does show up, but he just comes to try to rob the place and fails. Hmm. There's a, kid, there's a kid named Spike. <laughs> I think, I think one of the Ghostbusters are there. Really? Bill yeah. Murray? No, Dan Aykroyd. No, sorry, not the Ghostbusters. The Blues Brothers. Oh. Yep. Hmm, interesting. I'll have to check it out. This sounds like an interesting movie. I love the movie, but the way... I was going to let you just go home and watch it on your own, but the way they had worded it, it, the robot had worded this, it was so out there. Yeah. Like, it made a very interesting movie. Yeah. there's definitely the way it sounds it's like yeah they start gathering up all their neighborhood neighbors stuff if i can't celebrate christmas nobody will (laughs) (laughs) okay so that is my story of true crime as christmas movie or christmas movies as true crime yay very good very good very nice i like that a lot that was fun to try to be like hmm what is this (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if it wasn't a Christmas movie, I probably could have gotten away with it better. Yep. 
like unfortunately though we start getting into his magical metaphor metaphor metamorphosis yeah that's obviously not yeah yeah yeah. okay so it is finale time yes it's time for the finale and i'm so i kind of wish we had started a little bit early because it is 8 40 and this is such a big one coming up um it's only four pages but it's dense However, we're going to, there's a lot to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. That's thank, it. That's it. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned as we wrap up the 12 days of Christmas, 12 days of Spookmas with our finale. Be sure to like and comment on whatever platforms you find your podcast. It's a great way to help us out. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays and stay terrified. Bye. Bye.